Hello, everyone, and welcome to Pop Culture Period Peace Podcast. I'm Laura. I'm Julie. And welcome to the podcast where we talk about a pop culture period piece, usually about 10 years ago. Warning, spoilers are ahead. We are not giving out any plots. Um, so watch the movie and come back to it. Uh, come back to us. And we'll also talk about recommendations, that w- stuff we're doing, etc. and so forth. So Julie, recommendations. Yes, only <laughs> murders in the building. Um, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's got Selena Gomez. It's got uh-huh. Martin Short mm-hmm. and Steve Martin. Um, and it it might be a little bit niche. Niche? God, <laughs> I can't remember how to say this word. I'm not gonna try and sound fancy anymore. Okay. <laughs> For those listening, because I may not edit that one out, we restarted because we both messed up on things that we were saying. I just want to say it's really good, and it has a lot of Broadway references, and it (gasps) makes me so happy. Does it take place Um, in New York? Yeah, it takes place at um, the Arconia, which I found out from my, my friend Heather, is a real apartment complex. Hopefully the murders are not real, though. I mean, you never know. Immersive, you know? <laughs> uh, but uh, it's it's great fun. And if you're a fan of true crime, you'll like it. If you're a fan of Broadway, you'll like it. If you're mm. a fan of any of those actors. Um, it's got a hot little mystery vibe. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. Um, trying to think if I have any record. This is a recommendation, but it's like a life choice. I guess <laughs> I oh. a few weeks ago went to a comic con and then yesterday went to my first Ren fair in like 15 years. Oh my gosh. And ladies and gentlemen, like and non-binary folks, I would just like to say that if you have not been in an environment where people are allowed to a hundred percent just love something and go balls to the wall, like do it like even if my friend and I were like I don't know if I love ever anything as much as these people love Doctor Who I don't know if I like the amount of passion and people just living their life to the fullest just experience it it's great and then to witness a joust phenomenal phenomenal so <laughs> get some beer and a turkey leg it's it's great one guy dressed up like Jesus walked around the red fair which was very interesting um i went to a german rap comedy show which is the most pittsburgh sentence i've ever uttered um (laughs) it was just i don't know there was just something about it that was like if you love something just love it just love it uh you know as much as you want and there's no like I say like nerd culture but there's like no such thing as a nerd there's no such thing as a snob like I think we all just need to love what we love and not be ashamed of it so that's my recommendation I know that's a little more philosophical but just go go to a place where people are allowed to like 100% just be in it it's it's really fun free free will and joy free will and joy um so Today we were talking about what, Julie? <gasps> Titanic. Uh, my, my, my whole podcast journey has really <laughs> just been me trying to find an opportunity to talk about Titanic. Um, I know. So whenever you message me going, we're, we need to watch Titanic and talk about it, I was like, 
I am not surprised that this is the text message I got. Um, For the record, like I, so dear listeners, we we chose a theme for these, uh, this first round of episodes and it was uh, best costume winners. And mm. I did like, I actively tried <laughs> to think of something else to talk about. Mm-hmm. And I just, I couldn't, I just kept going back to Titanic. <gasps> that is back to titanic was actually the name of the second soundtrack album they released because there was Uh, so much music they released to i had them on cassette i had not titanic but i definitely had all four prince of egypt soundtracks on cassette because there's the original there were four yeah four different versions four different versions so there's like the original there's soundtrack only which is just the score. Then there was the country music version. Then there was the R&B version. Oh my gosh. Just, I need to buy those. I'm going to go on Amazon and buy the CDs or the, the, audio, <laughs> the streaming. I hope it. our podcast inspires people to buy used music and DVDs and books online. Yay, sustainability. Um, <laughs> so I, before we watched this episode, before we watched Titanic this last time, I feel like you'll enjoy this. I had um, a couple, you know, I got a glass of wine and then I randomly was like, I'll just look up Titanic facts. Like you. The movie or the ship? The ship. Okay. Just cause like, you know, every, every few years you're like, I'm going to look up Titanic facts. And I found an article about all the dogs that died on Titanic. And I started oh, crying no. when I read the article and then I cried the whole movie just about the dogs. <laughs> So, I mean, oh. I thought about more too, but I just was like, but, but the dogs, the dogs on the Titanic. So anyway, it was, it was great. It was great. <laughs> I think, um, I want to say I read somewhere that like at some point somebody went down and released all the dogs. So that might be just uh, something that I have in my head. Cause I think two survived. I think one survived yes. because somebody like held her, held their dog, like, and brought them on the lifeboat with them. Yes. There were like. I think it was either 12 or 19 dogs total, and then two survived. I think it's 12. That sounds yeah. right. Yeah. And I was just like, <laughs> um, yeah. So let's talk about it. Yeah. I mean, well, we don't really need to talk about the plot. Um, yeah. It sinks. We all know the boat sinks. Um, but I was curious. So I love just the lore around Titanic. I was always fascinated by that historical event. So the the mm. movie coming out was just, uh, oh, wow, I want to see this movie about Titanic. Um, mm. Leonardo DiCaprio was just a bonus and Kate Winslet was a vision that mm. I discovered in that movie. Um, but I, I sort of just wanted to think about just the elements that they did incorporate into the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, because one of the things that I always thought was so interesting when I watched the movie 18 times, um, which is probably an understatement, but there there was a photographer that was on the ship between, like he got off at Cherbourg um, and he took pictures while he was on board. And some of those pictures quite literally made it into the movie almost mm-hmm. as like scenes. Um, the one that really distinctly jumps out to me is when Jack steals the coat off the deck chair mm-hmm. in the background, there's a kid playing with a top mm-hmm. with his father. That's, that is one of the photographs. And I just, I thought that those touches um, 
that's probably the most interesting thing to me is that while Jack and Rose's story is a complete work of fiction, mm-hmm. um, they actually, I say they, I don't know why. I just don't like James Cameron. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, He's James. an entity now. He's not even. Um, but he actually incorporated a, a lot of like truly historical people and not just like, you know, having the unsinkable Molly Brown in there, but like mm-hmm. other things as well. Like when you see the baker and the baker survived, like that, mm-hmm. that is something remarkable that happened on the Titanic is that this, this man somehow survived in the water longer than he should have. Because he was drunk, so drunk. Oh, I thought you were going to keep talking. No, that just, he was, that was, isn't that the thing that like, he was so drunk that like his body temperature was higher than everyone else's. Well, and I mean, like they actually talk about that, like scientifically, um, Mm. like what is the threshold? Because him being drunk should have actually negatively impacted him. But I think he was like, so, so drunk that it like flipped it to the other edge or something. Yeah. Um, I, I can't recall, but I just, I always thought that was fascinating. Also, when I was in school and the movie came out, um, there was, I kid you not, we used to live near a town called Farmville, mm-hmm. um, but there was an antique shop there. And I I think this is true, but I was always told that they bought some of the dresses for the movie there. Like the movie had a lot of actual historic costumes incorporated into it not any of the costumes that were destroyed in the water Mm -hmm. um but i like the costume designer not just because these costumes are beautiful the accuracy Mm -hmm. of these costumes the accuracy of the hair the fabrics all of that is completely on point and i kind of think like oh wow this movie came out what over 20 years ago at this point 99 Mm -hmm. yeah um, I don't know that they could make a movie like that now. Like, I don't think 20 years later, you could have someone wear a dress from, you know, 1914 and have it be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have to point out that I reversed it. It's 1912. Shame. Uh, um, yeah, I went, so my history with watching this movie is I saw it in theaters, but I was 10, 11. I was too young to see it. So my mom had to go with me. Okay. Wow. Yeah. No, it's not. It's just a number. I remember how much older I am than you. (laughs) It's just a number. I wore a Titanic dress to prom. Oh my gosh. That's cool. (laughs) (laughs) No. So my mom saw it first with my father and then my mother in her infinite wisdom, not infinite. She has her boundaries. She's a human, but uh, my mother in her wisdom uh, was like, this is a historical event seeing this movie. So she took me, but because she had already seen it during the naked and the sexy parts, she closed my eyes. She like covered my eyes with her hand. Um, we could also get into that because Kate Winslet has the same naked parts that I do and it shouldn't be shameful, but whatever. It's fine. So, (laughs) so I went and saw it then, but then we weren't allowed to see it. I wasn't allowed to see it after that because my mom wanted to make sure. And then I became an adult. And then was it 10 years ago? It was like the 10th anniversary. They came out with it in theaters in 3D. 
and my mom and I went and saw it. And I'm not a 3D movie person, but it was phenomenal. And not because of, yes, the ship sinks and like all the, like the water rushing, but the costumes, because Mm -hmm. especially at the beginning, you could see every little bead in all of the costumes. You could see every, and I feel like the 3D experience, yes, the, the special effects would still be really cool in 3D, but if the costumer hadn't had that level of care, the 3D experience would have looked really cheap at that moment. Oh, and like yeah. us getting into high definition and like, cause there are movies that you look back at that came out right around that time. They're like, oh, this is really cool. And because we are getting so much more accuracy with our like filming technology and even how we restore film, there are things that just don't look as sharp as they used to because there was, you know, we're starting to see like makeup lines on people and all of that um, where we couldn't before because it was just fuzzier. And um, yeah, so I feel like that's, that's, you know, just a testament that we can keep remastering it and it's still, it keeps looking better. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And just, I mean, those performances, like they were all, this could have easily been like, I'm trying to think of an equivalent now, but you know, well, it was like a disaster. Movie. Yeah. Like, but like, yeah. it could have easily been like one of those like teen, like we're just here to fawn over the cute boy movie, mm-hmm. or it could have gone the flip way and been like full on disaster movie, like the Poseidon yeah. adventure or something. But they, they all just made it so intentional. I don't know, mm-hmm. but it's just, and there's, there's certainly, moments um where you're like okay james did you have some wine before you wrote that line of dialogue Um, (laughs) (laughs) which who who am i to judge i do my best writing with wine so here's yeah here's a like a weirdly like this is kind of tangentially related to titanic um but it's related to ghosts of the abyss which do you know what ghosts of the abyss is no Okay, so after Titanic, uh-huh. James Cameron released Ghosts of the Abyss, which is uh-huh. like Titanic documentary. So he goes down, he goes back down to Titanic in a submersible with Bill Paxton. Nice. Um, and it's it's actually really interesting because they're they are actually able to get to parts of the ship that no one had ever seen before mm-hmm. because in the movie titanic when they have those two little um the rovers that like go yeah. in the ship and stuff so they those didn't exist that was like a work of fiction for the movie oh all right but then james cameron was like i look at all I this money i have this, <laughs> i want this device yeah i want like rovs but i need them to be like lighter longer a more flexible cable so he literally went to his brother who was an engineer and they like those things from the movie they invented them and they made them real um and so they were able to get into the ship and parts of the ship that just had never been seen before um so they were able to see like the color of things that you Mm -hmm. hadn't seen the color before and they were also able to get into the crew area which oh. historically like there's just there's no documentation of that like nobody yeah. cares about it um and they were able to see things like the fact that the crew hallways had water fountains 
because Thomas Andrews had put them in for the crew members. And that was like a big deal. Yeah. And I just think that that is just so interesting that like mm-hmm. this movie birthed revelations about Titanic that we didn't know before. Mm-hmm. I, so my question to you, because here's what I was thinking about it. Cause it, it truly was the last time I saw it in 3D, I was with my mom and I wasn't contemplative or whatever. I think I was going through my divorce. So I was like, love. Um, and the first time I saw it, I was very, very young. So what were your thoughts on the love story, especially Rose's journey? Cause she goes from being basically a child being told what to do to a fully independent mm-hmm. woman by the, you know, the end of the film and like this traumatic moment that takes her through what were your thoughts on that? Like now as an adult with like adult relationships behind you and all that. Um, well, I think it goes back to the door. Okay. Because I think it, like you constantly hear that argument from people of like, Jack could have survived. Mm-hmm. They both could have fit on the door. Door. Mm-hmm. It's not about the size of the door. It's about the buoyancy. Mm-hmm. If I, I have seen people at the pool trying to get their pool noodle in order so i don't want to hear about the door um but ultimately jack like he was a device for her journey manic pixie dream boy jack yes oh manic pixie dream boy jack um (laughs) like she did everything she did because of that and Mm i i think that like I mean, you think of like other movies of that era, like Garden State and Elizabeth Town, and and it's like, oh, that firecracker manic pixie character, but it's not gonna keep going. Like it's it's mm-hmm. not gonna work out because they met under extenuating circumstances. Like it was like a whole thing. Oh my gosh, in Speed Two, were they still together? Huh? What? I the extenuating <laughs> circumstances. It made me think of that line of dialogue from Speed. When the bus crashes, they're on top of each other. Uh, is it Sandra Bullock and Keanu Reeves? Yeah. Are they together in Speed 2? I never saw Speed old- 2. But hot off the presses from the TikTok, oh, I'm so sorry, is that in a, like, either article or interview or whatever, they both recently discovered that they both had crushes on oh, each yeah. other in that movie. Oh, oh I, <sighs> I, both of them treasures yeah anyway it was extenuating circumstances like Mm -hmm. jack was a great character but he was he was ultimately a device for Mm -hmm. for her to be able to to fulfill those dreams yeah and i think it's i will say that that's weirdly also empowering for the time that the movie came out because it was like manic pixie dream girl like Mm -hmm. all of these girls that had like slight probably mental illness you know and trying to be like come on live life and this and that and then they would die at the end of the movie and the boys would live and you saw it like a lot walk to remember garden state you know um um, this is sort of like a just like a kudos to leonardo dicaprio's performance but Mm -hmm. like you see like the beat change when Jack realizes I'm not going to survive this and I don't need her to know. Yeah. Like you see, and it's, it's not, you don't see it because he's like overselling it or anything. 
but it's just like this beautiful transition moment of like, oh wow, mm-hmm. he knows this isn't gonna work. Yeah. And and then it it from that moment on, it's not like a, is he gonna make it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and I I'm really in this point where I'm trying to to just like things to like them and not double question everything and I feel like when this movie came out it was a it was a lot of the a lot of the door and like the it like wouldn't have the weight of the diamond sunk her to the bottom and what like and trying to quantify or or make this world so realistic for these two characters to I don't know to like I don't know why people do it but but I feel like if people just were so emotional when it happened that they wanted to justify like, no, it wouldn't have happened if this would have been. And now looking back at that reaction to Jack dying, it is very similar. And I don't know if James Cameron is, you know, thinking about it this way, but like to the, when the Titanic happened and it was like, well, if they just did this and this and this, it would have worked. And it's like, no, life doesn't work like that. Like it didn't happen. We didn't know they're dead Mm -hmm. you know and so I don't know there's a very long explanation to get to like I feel like the trying to reason and explain what happened to Jack is what we do with all tragedies of Mm. trying to and and where the audience like the audience the mass culture that was so angry that he didn't survive should be kind of more like Rose and be like, it happened, we're going to move on. Or like, we're going to enjoy the moments that we had to move on. Um, yeah. Because I, I I think like Titanic, what like we, how many times do you watch the movie or just watch like, have you ever watched the YouTube like Titanic sinking in real time videos where it's just silence and they're just showing it? Laura. <laughs> I know I you have. have. Really silly me. Um, but but I think there's like something in us going like, but I just need to figure it out. I need to figure it out. I need to figure out how it could have been done differently. And I think it's interesting that we as a collective culture have tried to do that with Jack dying too. Like, come on. No, it didn't have to, it didn't have to end like this. Come on. Yeah, it didn't have to, but it did. So that sounds very like dismissive but I think it's just an interesting kind of comparison to both the Jack story and the Titanic itself yeah and I I I mean I feel like we knew like we knew um but (laughs) it's gonna happen yeah but I think it's also like we're we're sort of being like prepared for it too like the whole movie Mm -hmm. because he and Tommy Ryan and Fabrizio, they were like, you know, like a trio. I almost said a duo. And I was like, that feels wrong. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so, you know, we, like, I particularly remember Fabrizio's death. Oh, oh yeah. Justice for Fabrizio. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't, oh, I was going to, I remember what I was going to ask you. <laughs> okay. okay. Here's my question. 
you you gave this beautiful, serious, lovely observation. And now I want to ask you, what is your favorite of Rose's dresses? <laughs> oh my gosh, I almost bought it like yesterday. I'm not lying about it. Because I was like, I, I, so I'm going through this like weird thing where I'm just buying pretty dresses and most of them stuff I find at thrift shops and taking pictures of them because I like them. I like doing it. I feel pretty. It's been a year. Um, but my favorite of hers is her, oh, how can I, I want to say the having sex dress, but it's the like blue, white with the like empire waist with the, the pink. That's so her, her water, her water dress. Yeah. Okay. What's your favorite? Oh, that tea dress, that green tea dress with the orange rust sash. Oh, yes. Is so beautiful and does not get enough screen time. So if I think about all of the things and people that want I want justice for in this movie, the first is obviously Fabrizio. The second is the, the dress. second is that green tea dress. Is that the one that she's wearing whenever he yells at her and flips the table? No. Um no okay. no that's that's the morning after she goes to the steerage party okay. this is the dress that she's wearing so um jack is on um he's on the deck where the dogs are taking their shorts mm-hmm. are we allowed to curse i guess so um this is our podcast <laughs> we do what we want Wait, it's iron. um so he looks up Mm-hmm. And she's like at the deck. And I can't remember if in the passage of time, if it was like right after tea or before tea, but she's like at the <gasps> oh, tea in that dress. Yes. Yes. I am here with you. I yes. think it's after based on her like sort of exasperation at the deck. Yes. But that, ugh, that dress. So my mother collects antique clothing and she does have, oh, I'll try to get a picture of it for her Instagram. But she does have a dress from 1910 that looks almost identical to the dress that Rose almost falls off the boat in. Mm. It has little beads with tiny feathers at the bottom. It is gorgeous. I thought you were going to (laughs) say, I thought you were going to say that green tea dress. And I'm like, you're holding out on me. What? What? Um, I do have weird. um, I do have um, speaking of, dresses i have two dolls that like i don't um display dolls anymore but you know we we were kids when this came out but i do have the titanic doll which is the porcelain doll that you see they did a remake of that porcelain doll um like that's like in this in the wreckage they did a remake of that doll the year that the doll came out or the movie came out and then i do have a rose doll in the falling off the ship dress Mm. That's like gorgeous. They're in a storage box because I don't really display dolls. But um, hopefully one day my daughter, after you know I've covered her eyes watching this movie, will be like, I want those. Yeah. Do you think, so like Titanic? Sometimes, sometimes I think. Yeah, not a lot though. Um, do you think that there will ever be a movie that was like historic period piece that everyone saw and everyone loved does that make sense like they're pretty they're they're pretty um 
you know, like, oh, Pride and Prejudice, that's for romantics or like Civil War movies are for my dad, <laughs> you know, but Titanic, everyone loved. Do you think that we are capable of that again? Do you think we've done it? And do you think, or maybe there's like, yeah, that's my question. I know I worded it beautifully. Um, I, I do not think so. Mm-hmm. Um, unless there's like somehow guilt and shame involved. Um, because I, I think we as a people friggin' get off on disagreeing at this point. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and, oh, and that's a good point. So like Titanic was this natural disaster, if you will, but also man-made disaster that the people who were quote unquote responsible for it died in the wreckage. Right. And it's pretty we are, it's pretty guilt-free for us as a collective conscience, right? Mm-hmm. And any other historical piece has a lot of guilt for some party in it. Yeah. Yeah. So do you think, do, uh, so when you went and saw this movie, I'm going to tell I mean, this is, this is, also an unserious one when you saw this movie were you more attracted to leonardo dicaprio or david blaine david blaine david blaine the musician no what's his name billy zane billy zane (laughs) (laughs) billy zane sorry you can tell that i am a poet (laughs) David, david blaine's the yeah the magician uh, Billy Zane. Were you more attracted to Billy Zane or Leonardo DiCaprio and why? And not like attracted as in I want to marry him, but like you were, you know, we were teenagers. I was about to be a teenager. Uh, I mean, Leonardo DiCaprio. I mean, he's he's a rogue. He's wonderful. He's a nice mm-hmm. rogue. Yeah, all of that. But I feel like all like I feel like this is all a setup so that you can justify being attracted to Billy Zane. Well, no, I was going to say that like... And let me be clear, Kaladin Hockley, because Billy Zane is very attractive. Yes. Well, that's the thing. Like, I... So, <laughs> re-watching this movie, who were you the most attracted to? And this is anyone. You could literally say anyone, because that's going to be weird. <laughs> well, I mean... Obviously, Thomas Andrews. Um, but no, I, Thomas the, Andrews. I'm I'm Mr. Ismay all day, every day. Give me that oh mustache, Laura. You are drawn to bad people. Okay, first off, let's talk about Mr. Ismay. Let's talk about it because he. There is like no documented evidence that he ordered the boats to go faster but it became this like like rumor that came up and James Cameron said he knew that, but people were expecting it in the movie. So he wrote it in the movie anyway. So if history did anyone dirty, it's Mr. Ismay. Just saying. It was like, there were passengers that said it though in the congressional investigations. Yes. Side note, I stayed in that Titanic hotel where they like put people 
after they got to New York. I stayed in that hotel once. I'm going to the Belfast Titanic Museum when I go to Oh Ireland. my God, it's so good. There's oh. a ride. <gasps> what? <laughs> Wait, there's what? a ride. Yeah, there's a ride. It's pretty cool. It takes you through the history of Titanic, but it's a ride. And you're like, ah, oh, man, I'm learning history and I don't have to walk. <gasps> I'm so excited. I didn't um, know there was a ride. I thought it was just going to be like all the Titanic museums in the United States. So here's here's an Ismay fact that I find fascinating mm-hmm. that um, is really not touched on a whole lot. Um, mm-hmm. But so uh, Ismay, obviously, um, like he was vilified. Um, mm-hmm. So he was he was cleared of responsibility. But, you know, sad, sad form, sad life after that. Mm-hmm. Um, he ends up. um like writing letters for like the rest of his life to um I can't think of her first name but Thayer um her her husband died and her son was one of the ones that was saved on the collapsible but he like he had like he wrote her letters like for the rest of his life like I'm so sorry no just like just like like, hey friend he he sort of like (laughs) was lonely and sad and just like connected to her somehow um mm-hmm. i i i assume she wrote back but i can't say for sure it'd be really sad if she didn't write back and he just kept sending letters to her Little but it's like too. for some reason like he just sort of like attached to like it all like i wonder if it was like a guilt thing and not like mm-hmm. uh this i have an actual connection to this person but like this person represents like me clearing myself of guilt or something mm, maybe it's a mustache that's all <laughs> got a good mustache i'm here for it i'm gonna, really, I'm gonna remember this <laughs> um like when, when you come to visit and, and we're out and you're like oh that person's attractive i'm just gonna be like they're an ismay yeah i'll be like yep yep um Oh, Thomas Anders is sweet. Yes. Yes. I like a little bit of a bad boy. And like, he like runs the the whole company and, you know. Um, (laughs) Wow. uh, I, have you ever partied as hard as Rose has partied (laughs) in steerage? I don't think I've done anything in my life that can be considered partying, <laughs> to be quite honest. Yeah, yeah. I just every time I see that party scene, I'm like, that's that's how people like party. I've I've been to parties. Yeah. I've held parties, mm-hmm. but I've never quote unquote partied. Mm-hmm. I've never been anywhere where like people like, oh, we all play instruments. Let's play this like raucous dancing music. And then people danced and there was beer flowing and all. Yeah. It's just a good (laughs) scene. It's just such a good scene that I'm like that, that is being free. That is being alive, Rose. Um, uh. I will. I I don't, I don't want to end this episode without acknowledging that the one thing that is truly not accurate in, in that movie is the makeup. Um, Makeup of that era was much more neutral. Yeah. It was very, 
subdued. I just don't want someone to be like, Julie doesn't know anything. That makeup was shit. <laughs> We're two episodes in and you think someone is that angry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I've spent a lifetime disappointing my mom. Oh, yeah, that's true. My mom, not for you. I'm just saying my mom listening would be like, Laura, Laura, why are you talking about the guys you find attractive? Because that's it's been a long pandemic, mother. Um, yeah. I, so f- uh, I think I know the answer, but let's one iceberg to 10 icebergs. <laughs> oh my God, I love your rating system. Okay. <laughs> what would you give Titanic? Oh my gosh, 10 icebergs, which if you consider the fact that an iceberg only 10% is above the (laughs) surface, do I just multiply 10 by 10? Yes. What is that? A hundred icebergs. A hundred icebergs. (sighs) A hundred. Oh, I feel so fulfilled. Um, (laughs) Julie, so what are you excited about? What are you working on? What should we, what should we know about? Uh... You know, I know you're going to ask this question when we start recording. Mm-hmm. And yet here I am like, um, um, it's beautiful. Okay. Here's what I'm excited about. Mm-hmm. Um, we are, we are in a home for the first time for the holidays in, uh, several years. Mm-hmm. Um, previous to that, we had our small apartment and then prior to that we were renting. Um, but so we've never like gone like all in, <gasps> Yeah. We're going all in. Um, <gasps> we are doing for the fall, like harvest with a Halloween overlay. And then um, we're obviously going to do Christmas and, and just keep going from there. But we went and got like a bunch of like fabric pumpkins. Because mm-hmm. um, we're like, oh, do we, are we glass pumpkin people? Are we texture pumpkin people? Are we That is the question. People? People should ask that when they first start dating. I feel like it would weed out a lot of bad connections. <laughs> so we're fabric pumpkin people. So we've been good. Um, good. We're gonna get that all set up, and uh, I'm I'm just I'm excited. I realize it's a like a completely superficial thing, but I think like the emotional attachment to that is wow. I have a thing that's my own. Mm-hmm. What about you? Uh, actually, weirdly, same. Um, it's my second. <laughs> you told me answer i'm kidding uh it's my second halloween in this house and my dad last year made a wood scarecrow and like wooded painted like folk art pumpkins Mm. for my front yard so i'm gonna put those out and um and i think i'll actually do like christmas lights this year i really i'm i think i might have in mid-october depending on the delta variant i want to have a practical magic party oh my gosh that's all practical magic themed gosh because my house kind of looks like the house so i friggin love that Mm -hmm. i love it because it's you can come in just 90s outfits you can come as one of the aunts you can come as the like sheriff you can like there's so many things all of the housewives that come at the end of the movie you could just come as one of like a 90s mom anyway so that's what i'm thinking yeah Uh, all right listeners uh thank you for listening and so the 
pop culture period piece podcast is part of the trident network to learn more about our videos live shows and other podcasts please visit the tridentnetwork.com uh, and you can follow us on instagram if there's any uh movies or mini series etc you would like us to watch and talk about let us know and um bye everyone bye